is still recovering from Thanksgiving. Yeah? Who did what I did and ate way too much on Thanksgiving? I want you to lean over to your neighbor. I want you to tell your neighbor the best thing you ate on Thanksgiving Day. Now, now how many of you just said turkey? How many said turkey? How many said dressing? Raise your hand. Dressing people. How many said macaroni and cheese? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, let me tell you what the best thing I ate on Thanksgiving Day was. The best thing that I ate was cranberry sauce. Who said cranberry sauce? Where are my cranberry sauce people? Now, but hey, 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 before, before all of y'all judge us cranberry sauce people, let me tell you why my favorite was cranberry sauce. There's only one time a year that you get to eat cranberry sauce, and that's Thanksgiving Day, and it's delicious. It's delicious. You get it one time a year, and that's Thanksgiving Day, and I just loaded up on it. There's something else about Thanksgiving Day. You ever notice that when you get done eating on Thanksgiving Day, it's Christmas time? Anybody notice that? Like, you stop eating your Thanksgiving meal, and all of a sudden, it's time to go shopping. What do we call shopping right after Thanksgiving, the day after Thanksgiving? Now, that's right, it's Black Friday. Who was brave enough to go out on Black Friday and shop? Now, these are the truly, these people are a little bit crazy. Do you know why it's called Black Friday? Anybody know why? I'll tell you why it's called Black Friday. It's because people die. It's because people die and they kill each other over deals. Like, you'll be in line. Like, I went Black Friday shopping this year. I usually don't, but I did this year. And you'll be in line. And women will be like taking their earrings off and pulling each other's hair and knocking each other's out to get 80% off. It's ridiculous. Uh, People go crazy to get out there and get a jump on their Christmas presents. Now, that's my favorite part of Christmas is Christmas presents. I was the kind of kid that on Christmas Eve, I just stayed up all night waiting on Santa Claus to come. I always had something big on my list, something that I really, really wanted for Christmas that I hoped that Santa Claus would bring me. I remember it was like, I don't know, way back in the day, and I'm pumped because I think that Santa Claus is going to bring me a GameCube. Any of y'all know, any of y'all even know what a GameCube is? Anybody, GameCube people? Heck yeah. GameCube was to the year 2000 what Xbox One is to 2014. And I'm going to tell you, it was great. My GameCube was great. I loved, loved, loved playing that GameCube. Now I'm up here, I'm talking about gifts. We're starting a new series tonight. It's called Generous. Tonight, we're going to learn how to live generously. There's two things, two things that living generously will do for us. The first thing it will do, living generously will help you impact your world. The second thing that living generously will do is it will move you from selfish to selfless. Now, impacting your world. We get told as a generation all the time, right? Y'all have got to grow up and you've got to change the world. It's on you to change the world. Well, let me tell you what I know. Before you can change the world, you have to change your world. Before you can change the world, you have to change your world. And you do this, the first thing, the first step to that is living generously. Now, it will also move you from selfish to selfless. 
If I sat down with any one of you and I, was, I asked you, I was like, hey, are you selfish? Most of you are not going to be like, yes, that is me. That is the one word to describe me as selfish. But if I sat down and asked you, when is the last time you did something for someone else who couldn't repay you? How long does it take, how long does it take to think of the answer? The time that it takes for you to think of the answer to that question is revealing of your selfishness. Now, we're not only selfish in giving. If I'm honest with myself, I'm even selfish in the way I receive things. Like, think about this. You've all had grandma give you a sweater that didn't fit, it was itchy, and it was ugly, and she didn't even give you a gift receipt. Take it back. It was a terrible gift. When you get a terrible gift, you get it because you're expecting something good. You think it's terrible because you expected something good and it didn't meet your expectations. Now, around Christmas time, every single year, a guy named Jimmy Kimmel does this thing on YouTube, and he has parents give their kids terrible Christmas presents and film their reactions. So I want you to check this out. Sandwich. Isn't that what you asked for? What did you say about Santa? He put you on a naughty list. Why? Because you gave me a stupid Hello Kitty challenge. What did you get, Jason? Some black beans, cheese, and a Waffle House hat. What's in there? A bag of... Oh, you got a Mr. Potato Head. They're from Santa. kid said his mom told him we thought really hard about what to get you guys this year and he just looks her dead in the eye like well you didn't do a very good job why did these kids react this way it's because they had an expectation of their gift they expected that they deserved more and we do the same thing don't we and i'm not talking about just christmas anymore i'm talking about year round we go through life expecting to get what we deserve. We think that we should be given our fair share. This shows the selfishness in our hearts. It reveals it to us. Tonight, we're going to talk about a story, the story of the Magi in Matthew 2. Now, these are the guys who travel from the Far East to bring Jesus gifts after he's born. And they teach us three things about how to live generously. The first is to be generous with your time. This is in your notes. If you're taking notes, these are the three main headings. Be generous with your time. They teach us to be generous with your things. 
and they teach us to be generous with your directions. So go ahead and open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 2. It's page 966 in the Bibles under your chairs, and we will jump right in. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the, land of Ju- in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. So the first thing that the Magi teach us about living generously is to be generous with your time. That's the very first point in your notes. Be generous with your time. They understand how to give up their time. And to fully understand how they give up their time in this story, you gotta understand a little bit about who they are. The Magi are priests in what was known as the Parthian Empire. Now, they had influence over this Parthian government, and the Parthian Empire was as big as the Roman Empire. It rivaled the Roman Empire in size. So these are pretty important guys. They're important guys, yet they figure out, they take the time to go and see Jesus. These are guys who had to make decisions about government. These are guys who had families. They had wives. They had children. They had plans. But instead, They went and traveled to see Jesus, and it wasn't a short trip. In fact, they had to travel over a 1,000 miles one way, and it wasn't like they just hopped on a plane and flew a couple hours and hopped off. They were on a camel's back for months, months. They sat on a camel and rode across the desert for months. They put their lives on hold so that they could follow God's prompt. That's your next blank. Put aside your plans to make room for God's prompt. Put aside your plans to make room for God's prompt. That's the first, that's the, that's the bullet right there. Now, where might God want you using your time? Are you too busy to even see it? We learn a couple of things um, from the Magi. The first thing that they had to do before this journey even began, they had to stop looking around at all their, the stuff in their life. They had a lot of pressure on them. They had to make government decisions. They quit looking at that. They didn't let it cloud their vision. Second thing they did was they looked up, and they saw a star, and they knew it was a prompt from God, and they followed it. Before their journey even got started, they did those two things. 
They stopped being so busy and looked up and saw the prompts from God. That's, that's how they figured out how they were supposed to be giving their time. So how can you give your time? What are some practical ways that you can give your time? There are tons of them, really. I mean, you can, you can spend a few hours. All of you could spend a few hours helping your parents out around the house. Your parents give you so much. I know I got adult volunteers in here being like, heck yeah. Your parents give you so much. The least you could do is help clean the house for a couple hours. Another way that you can be generous with your time is, you know, you can go to a soup kitchen. It's cold outside. Go to a soup kitchen and volunteer to serve the hungry for a couple of hours. Take time out of your school day to talk to the girl who is visibly upset. You've got a bunch of stuff due at school. I get it. You're busy. Take the time to comfort someone. Give up a week of your summer to go on a mission trip. It'll change your life. And more than that, it'll change the lives of the people who you go and you serve. Now, the first, that's the first thing that the Magi teach us about how to live generously is to give your time, be generous with your time. The second thing that the Magi teach us is that, excuse me, we have to be generous with our things. Be generous with your things. Um, you need a little more background. Uh, Y'all know the nativity scenes, right? Like the people put them in their yards, like the really Christian people put them in their yards around, around Christmas time. <laughs> and they've got like, they light up or light shines on them and they've got like three wise men standing there looking at baby Jesus with like a handful of something. Well, the nativity scenes are great, but they're misleading. There wasn't three wise men holding like a handful of gold. In reality, the Parthian Empire is this huge empire, and these are big-time guys, priests in the government. They make big-time decisions. They're representing something enormous. They're going to see a king. In reality, they would have been traveling in a, with a huge caravan full of gold, full of frankincense, full of myrrh. I mean, animals just loaded down with gold, frankincense, and myrrh, loaded down with treasures. It wasn't just a little bit. These guys gave gifts that were fit for a king. That is how they were generous with their things. They teach us how to be generous with our things. Be honest with yourself for a second. Are you, are you giving like you're giving gifts for a king? Is that how you treat your things? Let's get real for a second about whose things your things are. Are they your things or are they gifts from God? I think the Magi understood that the things, the treasures that they had were gifts from God. And they gave like that. You've been given a ton of stuff. Are you using it like it's yours? Are you hoarding it like it's yours selfishly? Or are you giving it? Freely, open hand. What are some ways that, as a high school student, you can give generously? How can you give your things generously? Well, there are tons of ways. Um, how about this? How about you sponsor a child in a third world country? That's actually something that I do um, through a group called Compassion. It's like 30 bucks a month, money that I would spend... Uh, eating fast food with, like, helps that kid go to school. Like, it's, 
it's crazy what you can do with a little bit of money. Uh, you can give a coat. It's winter time. It's getting cold outside. Even though it was like 72 degrees today here December 2nd. Uh, it eventually will get cold, I promise. And people less fortunate than you will need a coat. They'll need a coat. So this is, this is something that I have to add. Because when I was in high school, I bought into this a lot. Do not buy into the lie that you being generous with your things can't have an impact. By all, I'm a student. I can't have an impact. No, stop. That's not true. You know, I know it's not true. Look at the boy who gave two loaves, two, five barley loaves and two fish to the disciples. And then Jesus took that gift and used it to feed 5,000 people. See, that's something that God does. That is your next blank. God takes gifts and multiplies their impact. God takes gifts and multiplies their impact. So be generous with your things. The third thing that the Magi teach us is to be generous with your direction. Now, being generous with your direction kind of feeds it kind of goes with the first two. Be generous with your time. Be generous with your things. Being generous with your direction forces you to ask the question, who is determining the direction of your life, you or God? Who is determining the direction of your life, you or God? Throughout the passage in Matthew 2, we see the Magi being prompted by God. In fact, every significant thing that they did was directed by God. When they saw the star... When they were still in their homeland, that was from God. God prompted them to go. Then God took them to Jesus where they could give, them, give him their treasure. Then God told them in a dream not to go back to Herod after they had seen Jesus. And that spared Jesus' life because Herod was going to go kill him. Everything that the Magi did came from a God prompt. Now, I get it that we have plans. Every single day you go to school with a plan. You think you know what you're doing. You know what tests you have. You know what quiz you have. You know what papers are due. Being generous with your direction requires you to give those plans up to God. It's kind of like what we talked about a little while ago. You give up your plans for God's prompt. And then this is your next blank. When we follow God's prompt... Our giving becomes part of God's plan. So you move from your plan to God's prompt to God's plan. This is what the Magi did. Now, I'm going to tell you something about God prompts, following God prompts. It's awkward. It's super awkward and it's weird a lot of the time. Like, y'all get it. If, if y'all have ever felt one and acted on one, you know that it's weird. I'll tell you a story um, about a weird God prompt that actually happened to me like a couple weeks ago. I was out to dinner with my fiance and another couple. <laughs> yeah, there she is, there she is. Anyway, so I'm out to dinner with my fiance and another couple. And, and we're, we're eating dinner, we're having a great time. You know, the waitress comes up. There's something weird about the waitress. There's always something weird. God prompts, well, it was the waitress, and she was a lingerer. She was a lingerer. Have you ever had a lingerer? You know those people? They're there a little too long. Well, 
the waitress was there a little too long. And so I'm thinking about it, and nobody said anything. Like, we weren't being mean about it or anything, but I'm thinking about it. Why is she here so long? And, and then it kind of hit me. Maybe you're supposed to talk to her. And I was like, no way. I will tell her what food I want, and that's, that's how much I'm going to talk to her. Uh, so and it just keeps weighing on me, right? And, and the reason that it kept weighing on me was probably because it was the Holy Spirit being like, talk to her. I was like, okay. So I started talking to her. I'm like, all, and all I said, because I'm reluctant, all I said was, so how are you doing? Which is normal. But with a lingerer who wants to talk, it's like an open door. And so she's like, well, actually, you know, I've just been kind of hard times, hard times. And I have this son, and he plays football, and he's real good at football. But last week during his football game, he got hurt. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's terrible. A lot of people get hurt playing football. I didn't say that part. Um, And so I'm like, whoa, what happened to him? Well, he hurt his knee. Well, how bad did he hurt his knee? It severed everything in his knee, including the nerves that run to his foot, and we don't know if he'll ever be able to walk again. And I was just trying to have dinner. And, and, and so I'm like, oh my gosh. And then God loves making people uncomfortable. He's like, you got to pray for her. I'm eating dinner, like, and we're at a restaurant. I don't know her. I know her name, and that's it. That's all I know about her. And then she has a son who got hurt. But it just kept, through, like, we're through the meal. She's coming back and asking us if we're okay, like, an uncomfortable amount of times. And I'm like, okay, fine. Hey, can I pray for you? Can I pray for your son? And she gets all misty. She stops. Yes, let me go check on another table. I would love that. And so sitting at the table, we prayed for her son and for her son's injury and for their family during this time. He's got to have a bunch of surgeries. We prayed over all that. Now, as the band comes back up, I'm going to close this story out. I tell you this story because to tell you this, I don't know how that story ends. I don't know. I don't know how those surgeries are going to go. I don't know if he'll ever walk again. I don't know if this kid will ever play football again, but this is what I do know. I know that in that moment, God prompted a prayer for that woman. And in that moment, that woman was comforted by that prayer and comforted by the fact that a group of four people took the time to care about her life. See, often when God prompts us, we don't know what the outcome is. The Magi didn't know what the outcome of this story was. Let me just close this story out, the story of the Magi out. King Herod put out a hit. He said, kill all of the boys under the age of two who live in Bethlehem because he wanted Jesus dead. Joseph and Mary had to escape to Egypt, but they were poor. How does a poor couple with a little baby afford to make the journey from Bethlehem to Egypt? 
They used the resources that the wise men gave them, that the Magi gave them. See, when the Magi set out, they didn't know that their gift was going to have that sort of impact. And neither do you. If you will learn to live generously, if you will be generous with your time, if you will be generous with your things, and if you will be generous with your direction, then I promise you, you will move from selfish to selfless and you will truly change your world. Let's pray. Father, I pray that we would open our hearts to you. Show us the ways that we can be generous to you and to the people around us. I pray that we would be bold enough to follow your prompts and I pray that we would be humble enough to realize that our time and our things are gifts from you. I pray that we would freely give these things up so that we can be a part of your plan. It's in all this we pray in your name, amen.